This is Karen and Andrew, and we are going to be talking about a very rare occurrence, uh, and that is that there is a class action that has been certified against Seattle Children's Hospital uh, in a case that uh, is currently be, it, being held in King County Superior Court before the Honorable James Rogers. Andrew, wanted to introduce yourself? Uh, well, I'm Andrew. I just I had my headset on completely backwards a second ago because I haven't <laughs> done this in a while. But uh, yeah, you know, we that we're we're excited to have the opportunity to represent um, these people. Um, it's it's a class of potentially 87 patients who they had to have what's called prophylactic care or preventative care, uh, antifungal treatment because they were exposed to aspergillus in the hospital. So this saga started. Uh, almost three years ago. Uh, it was three years ago. It was ago. three years ago, yeah. around Thanksgiving, three years ago. Um, and this law firm, along with John Lehman Law Firm out of Spokane, uh, filed a lawsuit on behalf of numerous uh, child patients, and we did it in the form of a class action. Um, and a class action is normally not brought against hospitals. Yeah, right? or, or in personal injury cases in general, yeah. Yeah, and the reason is because there's got to be a commonality, uh, and the class has to be a large enough size. And often the uniqueness of what happens to people is so different that you can't have a class. But the class mechanism also is meant to do justice, um, ultimately, and so I'm going to give a little bit of the background, and then Andrew's going to get into more of the nitty-gritty um, because he is, he is uh, well, you'll hear his, his role in this case. So we, we drafted the clay case, and we filed it, and it was before then Judge Lum. And it alleged uh, a pattern of failure at Seattle Children's Hospital involving, in particular, the maintenance of his HVAC system, air handling system, that resulted in decades worth of mold and bird droppings and bees and dead rodents and rodent feces and other bad things um, being left in their air handling system. Yeah, and, 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 you know, gaps in filters and homemade filters instead of using appropriate ones and lack mm -hmm. of this and lack of that and lack of really handling it well. This went on since the, I don't know if it's the 80s, but certainly the 90s. And John Lehman had a case called Patnode um, many years prior, uh, evolving the same thing. A young girl uh, was a patient, had was hospitalized, had a surgery, ended up with aspergillus. And the way that the aspergillus ended up in the patient allegedly was through surgery, through her open body, in the operating room. And um, there are other ways and other clients that, that have since claimed that they got aspergillus, and Seattle Children's has resolved uh, quite a few claims already uh, in our, in, uh, with, against our offices. Um, we still have what's called the pro, uh, uh, pulmonary. pulmonary cases, which are, uh, they, they got it through the air, but not necessarily in the OR itself. I think there's about 18 of those. But then we have this class, 
And the class is for children that were exposed in a, in a very recent time period, not the 90s and the early 2000s like some of our other cases, but uh, right about the time that Seattle Children's finally announced to the world that they had a problem with aspergillus, that they hadn't made the linkage to their client patients. So the time frame that we have really dialed into is between, it's technically 2016 to 2019, but it's really in that 218, 219 period of time. Yeah, and so around the spring of 2019, I think is when they realized that there was a problem um, where they needed to start protecting people who were at high risk, both because of what they were doing in the hospital and also the reason they were doing it. In other words, their underlying condition put them at risk. Um, they were in surgery or some other reason that they were at a high risk of getting aspergillus in a, a very serious way. Um, and they began giving them prophylactic treatment. There are certain antifungal medications that are given, um, and they can have really bad side effects, some real serious um, side effects that um, obviously cause a hardship to the patient, but also the parents who are already sort of in high adrenaline, high trauma mode with their child really seriously ill in the hospital. And, um, and so they, they had to do this, unfortunately, because of the hospital creating an environment that involved a very, very high risk of aspergillus. So we, we did have a trial uh, on part of this issue um, recently involving a child that had brain surgery. And um, the, the jury found that there was damage caused even though the child did not contract aspergillus personally. His skull cap was exposed and could not be used, but they, we could not prove uh, that he had um, an allergy from, and, and the most common uh, medication is called vericonazole, which is, I don't want to say it's radioactive, but it's, it's, it comes with big warning labels all over it. It's, yeah. it's a harsh, harsh medicine. Um, they had to put it in through IV, but he already had IVs in. Um, they did have to do, to prick him for all the blood tests. You have to have multiple blood tests all the time. You had to have a spinal tap. Um, he had to have an MRI. But he did not develop aspergillus, and nor did he have a negative reaction to the medication, which is often common that there are these bad uh, reactions. And then his parents were devastated because, first of all, they had to deal with the actual reason that they were at the hospital and illness, and then secondly, having thought that they, they had addressed that, that terrible illness, then they were told after the fact that their child had been exposed and potentially uh, could contract this, this terrible uh, fungus, one of which repercussions could be death. So it's both the mental trauma and the physical trauma uh, related to this regimen of what's called prophylaxis, preventative care, so that you don't develop aspergillus. Right, and, and jumping off from what, what you mentioned, Karen, is the, the testing is part of the prophylaxis. And it's, I mean, honestly, it's, I can't imagine watching my child do some of these tests. One of them um, also is where they squirt water into your lungs. And that's like drowning. And you, you, Karen and I, we've handled drowning cases where you have to learn what that actually feels like. And I just can't 
I get shivers thinking about watching my kid go through something like that. And um, that's, you know, these are the kinds of things that, that even though these are not, you know, lost a limb, lost a body part, in many of, or if not all of these cases, these class members, um, you know, there, there is some serious hardship and trauma to the patient and the family in these situations. So we're, we're very, um, we're grateful to be able to have the privilege to work um, for this class action. It's a unique way to do it, um, but it's a great way to provide access to justice in the civil justice system because these medical type cases are so hard to gain entry on. They're so expensive, they're so time consuming. Um, well, let, let's, let, let me ask you questions. Okay, go for it, Karen. Okay. We haven't done this in a while. All right. Andrew. Yes. Um, if I'm a parent and my child was, was exposed, how will I know that? What, 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 how did they send me something? What happened? So in many cases, and the class that was certified only related to the prophylactic care, but in many, if not most of these cases, they sent letters to parents indicating that your child was exposed. Um, they being the hospital on an administrative, you know, many, many patients sort of basis. Um, and many times also it was the individual doctors and medical teams that consulted and met directly with the parents and said, your child was exposed. Here's what we think the risk is or might have been. And, um, and so lots of one-on-one -on -one conversations that were a part of this whole um, spring of 2019 to winter of 2019 um, scenario. So if my child, but either I learned of that from the doctors or I'm going to learn about it because they, they're going to tell me. Yeah. Is that, is that right? Are they gonna, am I going to learn somehow beyond what already happened? Is, is there someone going to tell me that I potentially have a claim for my child? Yes, well, hopefully. Um, if you're in the class that has been sort of identified by Seattle Children's, it's, there's a list of patients, um, you will be getting a notice um, in the mail and through whatever means uh, are available to you um, regarding uh, this case, where to find more information about it, who to contact, who you can contact, which includes us, obviously. Um, and so that will be provided. Who, who's going to send out that notice? Uh, most likely a class action administrator. Um, What's that? <laughs> yeah. So that's a company that, that handles uh, these kinds of administrative tasks for class actions. And they have the, the capability of um, maintaining sort of HIPAA privacy for patients who haven't yet contacted us, um, but also contacting them, you if you're listening, and letting you know that this, this class action has been certified. So. Um, if I want to reach out, that notice will tell me where to reach out. Correct. And you said that obviously they could contact us. Correct. And that um, is Strip Matter Law Firm. Yeah. Um, and then what's the next steps? What if I already have a lawyer, for example? Well, we're, I mean, you, you can um, have your lawyer contact us um, to figure out a little bit more about what's going on. I mean, a lot of what we're trying to do is, is get the information out there right now. Um, people can hire, uh, you can opt out of the class if you want. Um, it's been a very long haul to get to this point, and so I think it would be hard to opt out and pursue it on your own. Um, well, hold on right there. Let's yeah. talk about that. Okay. Is that one of the reasons why a class is certified when you can't really afford to put on a case of your own for the kind of damages that are available to you? Correct. And so what the... That's a leading question. Oh, objection, <laughs> counsel. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's, a, it's a very on-point question. I mean, the, the thing that the judge is trying to weigh in a class action is, can we fairly represent these people who aren't here while at the same time doing justice to this idea that um, you're getting people into the justice system who otherwise couldn't afford it? And many of us have gotten these like 11 cent checks for a class action. I think for Brad's Sprint case, I got an 11 cent check. Okay, I've gotten, those. I've gotten that. Uh, people have gotten those things like before. These claims are very different than those very very tiny claims. Um, but even so, I mean, this is as Karen said, been three years of litigation, very very significant cost investment in the I mean, experts. We're talking about over a million dollars. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like really serious. And yeah. so. It, Individually pursuing these prophylaxis claims would, in many cases, not be financially sound. And so the class allows people entry into the civil justice system. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So they call the number, and then what, what's going to happen? So you can call a number or email. Um, and, you know, we, if you're call, contacting us, we'll try to get back to you as soon as we can, somebody on our team, and answer questions as best we can. Um, we may ask for you to. Um, sign some things to, to order medical records and um, work with you through the process as we would for anybody who contacts our office on for any reason. So my child is still under the age of 10. Um, okay. um, do they get the money? That's a very good question. So the child's, the children do get money for their own claims, but not right now. They are only, um, usually what will happen is there'll be appointment of a settlement guardian ad litem, which is a, an independent lawyer who will evaluate a case um, and decide where the money should go. So children aren't given a check for, you know, ten or a hundred thousand um, dollars. It goes into a, you know, a tuition account or a, uh, some kind of investment account um, that's a sound choice. And um, the idea is to really, it's to compensate for harms and, and make the best out of a lousy situation um, that somebody experienced. And, and really, that can make a big, meaningful impact in the future life of the, the child. Well, I wanted to talk, uh, you know, unless you had something else to talk about, I really wanted to talk in our few remaining minutes on why this is so fantastic for, uh, for the consumer, for the public. Um, and I, I'm just going to just tell you, um, it, it's... It's taken us, honestly, in the law firm a week to even realize, or two weeks to even realize how amazing and special um, this class action in the order was. And, you know, just to even get to this point, we had a very senior judge, Judge Lum, who heard the first time that we certified it, and he denied our, our class. But then he really, he, he never gave up on this class and said, well, kind of gave us a roadmap of, well, maybe if you can fix that class and narrow it and tailor it, there's there's a chance. And then when he retired, Judge Rogers took over and took an independent but really careful look. The judges, the whole justice system has really been um, respectful of all the parties in this case, but also concerned with what happens when an institution like Seattle Children's Hospital potentially has injured so many people out of the same course of conduct. Should we treat them differently than, you know, another business? And I think the answer is here, I mean, the answer is in the order. So it's just such a precious right to be able to go to the hospital, have care, and not, not 
be subject to something so scary, so potentially devastating um, because of negligence. This is not an accident. Right. Um, this is a negligence case, meaning that is a preventable harm. Yeah. And they had to have fallen below their own standards of reasonable people in how they managed their premises, in particular in how the, the management managed their present, uh, premises uh, for this to even be a cause of action. The, yeah, and you know, and I think about as a parent going into try to get medical care for a kid. Like the last thing I'm worried about is, is this HVAC system poisoning my my child? It, I mean, we've been involved in this case for so long that it's aspergillus. Asper, it that's a mold. That's a fungus yeah. that enters people's body and their lungs. And to just walk in there because of an illness, and you know, we've now we've got you know COVID and RSV and other you know stuff going on, but like the HVAC system, it's just hard to imagine. And so, yeah, I, I think, I mean, Judge Rogers really lengthy order, um, does a lot to explain his decision. And, and we attach it on our website. Highly recommend it's really easy. No, it's not really easy reading, but it's important reading. It is. And it, you know, class actions, people see them all the time on TV. So you think it's like, okay, you, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a class action, but the reality is, is, you know, the judge has to really consider can the few represent the many in this case yeah. and in personal injury cases that can be hard because you know judge lum uh, denied our first um class motion because people it's too broad it's too broad yeah people had a lot of different circumstances coming into the hospital how they get the infection over a 20-year period and so so were there people that criticized us and said that we were out of our minds in <laughs> this case initially? I should, I should have known you'd go there. Yeah, yeah. I, I outside think, the office, lawyers, and inside the office. Yeah, there was a lot of... <laughs> Doubt. Huh, okay. What are you doing? Can you do this? I mean, it kind of makes sense, but, but the, the behavior impacted so many people yeah. uh, that I, I think that... I think that uh, Justice is being done in, in allowing us to pursue a class action so that everyone who was affected can have access to the court. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're a lawyer listening to this, I think the lesson is pivot and keep going. Yeah. If there's a wrong, there should be a right. Right. Yeah, that doesn't too. always happen. But um, so if anybody has any more questions... Unfortunately, we're not live, so we can't answer them now. <laughs> you can send them in, but, but uh, there will be, after the last, last after this, this case has just been certified, yeah. um, but right now we're working on what's called a class notice. Yep. That has to be, it's first is being negotiated, and then it won't be totally agreed to. Then the court will decide what the class notice will be. That class notice will then go up, and then there will be more uh, information available at that time. That should be imminent, hopefully within this month of January 2023 I would say within a couple months hopefully okay yeah. I'm always too I'm always so hopeful but in the meantime you can directly uh, look at all the orders and yeah. what you need to do and get the basics uh, on our website for sure stripmatter.com for sure all right well it's great to see you Andrew you too Karen over now <laughs>